Game on the line, you can bet we take them. Go black and gold, black and gold. Don't stop, boy. We trying to win the Super Bowl. We, we rock and roll, rock and roll. Touchdown, go Saints. We gonna do it some more. We, we rock and roll, rock and roll. Touchdown, go Saints. Now nah, give me some more. Now nah, who that? Who that? Holla, who that? Who that? Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is TJ Jones, and welcome to the Gumbo Pie Sports Podcast, brought to you by the State of the Saints Podcast Network. Thank you all for tuning in. Really do appreciate your time. Um, Shouts out to everybody that's in the chat right now. Shouts out to everybody listening around the country, around the world, wherever you are, wherever you may be. Uh, We got some announcements we need to make here on the State of the Saints Podcast Network. Um, If you have not been following yours truly on Twitter, tj jones eight um you can follow me on twitter um going forward man we're going to be doing we're going to be doing uh the gumbo pie sports podcast we're going to be covering the entire nfl man um this is this is huge right here this is a big moment this is a big opportunity and um, i'm looking forward to it man you know I, i started out uh focusing just on the new orleans saints uh my hometown team which i still love and will continue to do but uh, for some of those that have been following the State of the Saints, you already know that uh, we we kind of, you know, went into a different, uh, you know, atmosphere when it comes to uh, covering sports. Uh, recently, this year in 2023, um, I became you know, a member of the NFL sports media, um, being op- getting an opportunity to go to the Senior Bowl, Combine, uh, had opportunity to go to the NFL draft, and uh, so many other things. So, um Looking forward to doing this, man. It, it's it's not a bad thing. Uh, I don't want anybody to think that I'm going to stop covering the New Orleans Saints. It's just, uh, you know, it's it's just about growth. Um, we're it's about growing and, and and being, you know, and getting better. So um, for all those that have been supporting me since day one, thank you so much, and I hope that you continue uh, to do so. Um, and we're going to start with this episode right here. Um, this episode is going to be focusing on the top ten. Um, picks in the nfl draft this year you know uh the draft is two weeks away um if you're listening to this on a thursday it's two weeks away exactly and when you look at the top 10 and you you focus on the top 10 in nfl draft those are the guys that a lot of people consider to be game changers or franchise changers guys that 
more than likely supposed to go on to be all-time greats, right? And being in the top 10, you know, it's not necessarily a good thing. <laughs> if you're, you're picking in the top 10, more than likely uh, you didn't have a successful season last season, right? You, everything didn't pan out the way that you wanted it to pan out. Thus, you're picking in the top 10. Now, some teams, there are exceptions. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, for example, they're picking in the top 10 because they made a trade with the New Orleans Saints and the Saints didn't have a really good season. They finished seven and 10. We know Philadelphia would have run up in, in this past Super Bowl, but more times than not, it's because your team is not very good. And we're going to be talking about some of these top 10 picks and we're going to be talking about it in exact detail and feel free uh, to put your comments uh, in the chat uh, throughout the, the episode and, I am also uh, going to be opening up the phone lines really, really soon because we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, the NFL draft and some of these top 10 picks. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and um, go and and tell you all the order of the NFL draft, as we already know, especially when it comes to the top 10. If you've been following uh, the NFL, you know, but for those that may not, um, just want to let you know uh, the first pick. Uh, goes to the Carolina Panthers, number two, the Texans, three, the Cardinals, four, the Indianapolis Colts, five, uh, the Seattle Seahawks, six, Detroit, seven, Las Vegas, eight, the Falcons, nine, Chicago, and number 10 goes to the Philadelphia Eagles via a trade with the New Orleans Saints. So um, let's go ahead and talk about this, man. I, I did a mock draft just like I'm pretty sure a lot of people have done. I'm pretty sure some of you probably did the draft simulator where you simulated, uh, you know, the NFL draft. You probably selected your favorite team and you, you know, selected who you feel like your team was going to get. Uh, but I went a little bit deeper. I, I focused on uh, the top 10 and I'm going to go ahead and put that up on the screen so everyone can see it. Uh, this is the top 10 that I selected uh, via a PFF draft simulator. Um as you can see, the number one overall pick, I have Bryce Young. Number two, C.J. Strout. Number three, Will Anderson Jr. Number four, Will Levis. Uh, number five, uh, Jalen Carter. Number six, Quentin Johnston. Uh, Anthony Richardson, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Uh, Peter Skoronsky and Brian Branch. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. This particular <laughs> top ten um, – I'm not very confident about. I'm not very confident about it at all uh, because I, I I do feel like there are probably going to be some certain things that I I, I think could possibly happen. Uh, and it also it has a lot to do with the fact of some of these guys and some of the questions that some teams may have about them, and maybe some of them may not end up being with the team that I selected, but. This is more than likely the, the order a lot of people, you know, think about, um, you know, when it comes to like where these guys are going to go. Uh, the reason why I selected uh, Bryce Young as the number one overall pick, because we know the Carolina Panthers made a trade with the Chicago Bears. Right. And, and to me, you don't make a trade to move up all the way to the number one overall pick. Just for you to just to pick the guy that you think is going to be the leader of your franchise that you hope would be the leader of your franchise. A lot of people look at Bryce Young. They look at his ability. They look at his skill set and they feel like he can be a franchise quarterback. I had an opportunity to 
sit and well not sit but you know just be able to listen uh as Bryce Young spoke to the media at the NFL combine I even had opportunity to ask him a question but the way that he conducts himself the way that he answers those questions the confidence that he has I don't see no reason why this guy can't be a number one overall pick I don't understand and now people are trying to talk about his size and talking about he undersized and he wanted to take pictures talking about he had lifts in his shoes and this that and the third but this guy is extremely talented and it's just funny to me how i've been seeing a lot of these talking heads out here who are trying to you know trying to minimize this guy just because of his height and you know they, they're trying to make it seem like oh you know just because of his size it, it's it's a bad pick it's a, it's a bad decision but it's a it's now when when we look at the guys when it comes to size, the standard used to be Russell Wilson and Drew Brees. Now all of a sudden, Drew Brees, who has been touted as a as a, as a, one of the shortest, greatest, shortest quarterbacks of all time, now all of a sudden he reaches six feet and he doesn't fall into that category. And it seems like to me people want to do this because they want to try to give credibility to their argument. Now all of a sudden you're seeing guys like Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield may not pan out and be everything that they thought that they would be. Now, all of a sudden, Bryce Young has to fall into that category. Me, personally, I feel like Bryce Young is better than Baker Mayfield, and he's better than Kyler Murray, and he has a lot of leadership qualities. And the Carolina Panthers would be absolutely insane not to draft this guy after you move up all those spots in order for you to acquire Bryce Young. The fact that you gave away a really good wide receiver in DJ Moore. You allowed him to go to Chicago. Why would you go out here and get the best quarterback available? Bryce Young is the best quarterback. I don't care what anybody says. You can talk about his height all day and night. The fact is the guy is extremely talented and he deserves to be the number one overall pick. So to me, I got him going number one overall. I'm going to go ahead and read some of your comments and then we'll go on and talk about the number two pick. Let's see. Um, I'm just ready for the draft. I think a lot of people are ready for the draft because, I mean, all this talking is cool and all, but we want to see what these guys can actually do on the field. And, you know, around this time, you really start to feel restless because the time is drawn near and we want to know where these guys are going to go. Right. We want it's put up a shut up time. Right. So these last two weeks, you know, we're going to be breaking it down and everybody is going to be dissecting everything that these guys are doing and and trying to make everyone believe that, you know, maybe this guy should go in this spot or he shouldn't go in this spot. It's going to be like that for the next two weeks. But I, I definitely agree with you, man. I, I'm ready to see what the where these guys go and, and see if these guys can be those those players that can lead these organizations into the future. Uh, what if uh, TJ Wright, though? Um, well, if I'm right, then I guess I'll be I'm pretty good at what I <laughs> what I'm doing. Uh, let's see. I went off on Big Q and Dolph 17 channel Wednesday night. Yes, I did on Pac-Man Jones saying the Saints D suck. Well, look, I, I mean, I seen that and, you know, it, it was a, a bunch of misinformation that he put out there. And it was absolutely hysterical when you think about it. Uh, you know, he, he honestly didn't know what he was talking about. And. You know, it just it's just absolutely ridiculous where we are as, uh, you know, as as podcasters, as a society in general. 
that individuals just want to go go on there on shows and, and get a sound bite in. They can talk a bunch of nonsensical rhetoric that makes absolutely no sense. And, you know, for some apparent reason that they, they, they're sitting there like it, it makes complete sense. Like Pac-Man Jones, I know that he does podcasting and stuff like that. And maybe he's trying to elevate his brand, maybe trying to draw attention uh, to his podcast, but not knowing what you're talking about and being proven, being proven <laughs> that you don't know what you're talking about. It's not going to help you at all. Um, I, I, I think that Pac-Man Jones, to me, uh, went on national television and made an absolute fool of himself, period. Like, nothing that he said had any truth behind it. He tried to throw some invisible stats out there. I guess you can find it in your local Dr. Seuss or Mother Goose book, but nobody believe in what you're saying. So, I mean, I, it ain't even worth getting mad over. Um, this guy made himself look like an absolute idiot, you know, on national television. Because we know that Pat McAfee has one of the top uh, podcasts in the entire country. So you went on national television. Well, not national television, but you went on a national platform and threw out some stats and made yourself look like an absolute fool. OK, I, I, look, the best thing that Adam Jones has going for him is that uh, he has the same nickname. Just so happened my son has, which is Pac-Man. So <laughs> so that's a plus. Right. So I get, you know, it is what it is. Uh, let's see. Um, it is just report that nobody really knows if it is Bryce. LOL, just rumors. Well, I don't think anybody knows if Bryce Young going to be the number one overall pick anyway, because I mean, the draft hasn't happened. But to me, I think he's better. He's better than all these guys. Like, seriously, like going back and watching the film. I don't see how anybody can say or believe that Bryce Young isn't better than all the rest of these guys that are on there. Now, they, they got some guys out there, uh, you know, that are pretty good, uh, which leads me into the number two pick, C.J. Strout. Um, you know, people give C.J. Strout a bad rep because, you know, there's nothing like eye-popping about him, right? We know that when we're still looking at guys picking, you know, they get picked in the top 10 at the quarterback position, People want their socks knocked off, right? They want a they want a guy to throw seventy five yard bombs. They want this guy to have the speed of Michael Vick. They want to see no look passes like Mahomes. But what C.J. Stroud does is just everything right, right? He he's not he doesn't have the biggest arm in the world, but it gets to where it needs to be. He's extremely accurate. Uh, he can get outside of the pocket. He can move. He's athletic, and we've seen him put up major numbers against the top team in the country. And I'm talking about the University of Georgia. That game could easily have been won by the Ohio State Buckeyes because of C.J. Stroud's performance. And when you're putting up numbers against guys that are on that defensive side of the ball, they're probably going to be picked in the top 20, at least two or three of those guys. To me, that is a plus and a testament to how good you really are. I think that C.J. Stroud is extremely underrated. And I think that, you know, people that just think that he is just, you know, a quarterback that is not going to end up being really good, depending on his spot. I just think that that's just absolutely ridiculous. When you have a guy that just goes out there and he does everything well, right? What you have is a formidable quarterback. I got news for everybody out there. You know, you look at guys like Joe Burrow. He's not knocking your socks off, right? But he's putting up major numbers. Like when Joe Burrow came out, like Joe Burrow wasn't out here like, you know, slinging a rock, you know, 75 yards, no look pass. I mean, no look, you know, throws down the field. 
But what he did was he did everything right. And as you can see, Joe Burrow is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. C.J. Stroud is, is kind of cut from the same cloth. And I think that if you give him an opportunity, I think he'll knock it out of the park. Anybody that just think that he's just not going to be good, I just think that that's not very smart to say. And I just think that everybody just wants that wow factor. But he, a guy doesn't always have to come with that wow factor in order for him to be really good in the National Football League. So I got the Houston Texans uh, taking him with the number two overall pick, even though I'm I'm kind of on the fence with this, especially since we know that uh, the Houston Texans have a new head coach in D'Amico Ryans, who is focused on defense. And I know, you know, they need a quarterback, right? But, you know, I mean, I look at a guy like Davis Mills. He's not that terrible, you know, like to a point where, if the you put some pieces around him, he can't get the ball to where it needs to be. And if they feel like he can, it wouldn't surprise me to see if Will Anderson ends up being the number two uh, overall pick in the draft. But I'm just going to go ahead and say, OK, you don't want to, you know, gamble like that, especially like you got a new regime going. I, I think they're going to go ahead and go with C.J. Stroud, who is, to me, the second best quarterback on the board. So I, I got the Texans taking C.J. Stroud with the number two overall pick. Read some of your comments. Says uh, Pac-Man thought it was 2016. No, Pac-Man Jones thought he was playing Madden on rookie. That's what he thought. You know how when you play Madden on rookie, you can throw like streak routes down the field. Your wide receiver always going to take the top off the, off the defense no matter who guarding him. Yeah, that's, that's what he was doing out there. That, that's what he was thinking. Uh, you know, he probably thought that was real life, but unfortunately it wasn't. It says, uh, TJ, what if you get drafted uh, to podcast for the Raiders or something? Well, I'm going with her. I'm I'm going I'm going to uh, talk about the Raiders. It's, it's just that simple, man. Look, that's the way. Look, that's the way the broadcasting world goes. That's the way the podcasting world go. You know, like sometimes, you know, you get opportunities to do other things and uh, you got to take advantage of those things. You know, it, it's about growth. It's about moving forward, you know, and, um, you know, I got opportunity you know, by, you know, going out here in 2023 and being able to, you know, interact with individuals around the National Football League, getting access to certain things. So, you know, I feel like, you know, it's time to really try to focus in on the entire NFL and not just focus solely on the New Orleans Saints anymore, you know. So if that was to happen, then, you know, I'm, I'm all for it. You know, I love the New Orleans Saints. I'm going to continue to talk about them as long as I, you know, I can, and uh, you know, but, you know, opportunities uh, happen. You know, you have to move forward with that. So uh, that's the way I look at it. Uh, this says, uh, he said, uh, cornerback suck, says Keen Arthur. Uh, Texans uh, might trade back to get receiver. Well, I don't know if that would make any sense, uh, Keen Troll, because you still have the 12th pick in the draft if you are the Houston Texans. So if, even if you, and you draft a guy like C.J. Stroud, I mean, you still got some really good wide receivers that are still out there that you can acquire. Uh, guys like uh, Zay Flowers, uh, you know, guys like Addison out there out of USC. I mean, you still got some guys that can go in the first round um, that can be really, really good. And you don't even have to, you know, you don't even have to leave your position there. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to the uh, number three overall pick. I got Will Anderson going to the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, anybody that you talk to, um, you know, they, they love. Will Anderson out there in Arizona. 
Um, the team is very high on him. Uh, a lot of people even think that he is the best player that is not a quarterback in the entire NFL draft. And some people, if you talk to him, feel like he is the best player uh, in the entire NFL draft. Look, Will Anderson has all the tools to be an all-time great. Every time that you see him on the field, uh, I mean, he just completely like just jumps off the screen. He has a high motor, which I extreme, I love completely. Like guys that never give up on a play, continue to fight, never, never phone it in, no matter what the situation is. And that's what Will Anderson is. All he does is everything well. And on um, the Arizona Cardinals, uh, to me, you know, even though I feel like they need offensive line help to be able to keep Kyler Murray upright. Uh, a little bit more than, you know, getting an edge rush like Will Anderson. I still feel like it's the best decision in the world to acquire somebody that could possibly be a generational talent. Now, I, I do look at a situation like this where, you know, I look at this. This is what I was talking about earlier when I was saying, uh, you know, I'm not too confident about these positions with these teams because I look at the Indianapolis Colts. I look at them at the fourth at the fourth spot and i'm wondering to myself like would they want to try to move up or make a deal with the houston texans in order for them to try to acquire cj Stroud? but the question is would the texans allow them to do so and i would say yeah you know i think so because regardless they still would be able to get a pretty good quarterback so moving up you know would be a good spot you know, like for them, if they were trying to acquire C.J. Stroud. Now, with this, number four, I had Will Levis, but I have to say this. I'm not confident about the whole Will Levis experience with the Indianapolis Colts now, even though I've seen him, you know, throw the ball. I mean, really good release. I mean, the guy, I mean, a guy has everything that you want in a quarterback from what I see, but there's some immaturity issues that's going on with Will Levis. Too much crowd-pleasing, in my opinion. You know, when you have a quarterback, you want him to kind of be dialed in and focused, right? Not on, like, just nonsensical sophomoric stuff, as we've been seeing with Will Levis, eating rotten bananas, putting mayonnaise, coffee, like, just stuff like that. Like, I understand we live in a social media world today where everybody just trying to crack jokes and everybody just trying to get likes and follows and all that kind of stuff there. But doing stuff like that, it, it just seemed like to me, like when people are doing stuff like that, it, it seems like they are, you know, subjecting themselves to peer pressure, right? You, you're caring too much about what society thinks about you. You're caring too much about what people, you know, saying and, and, and trying to get the attention of the masses when you need to be focusing on film study, when you need to be focusing on what type of teammate that you're going to be. And, you know, and I'm really big on body language as well. Um, those that don't that that don't follow me or you're new to uh, discovering who I am, you know, I'm a communication guy. Right. Uh, one of the classes that I took had had to do with body language. Right. When, when you're delivering um, information, when you're answering questions and. The body language of Will Levis to me leaves a lot of question marks. And I, I don't I don't think that I'm the only person that feels this way. And if you have a few teams that feel this way, you might see Will Levis drop out the top 10 completely. That would not surprise me at all that he would drop out because look, people can make it seem like it's not that big of a deal, but 
when you doing stuff like what he's doing on social media, a lot of people can look at that like you're trying too hard to try to impress people and you're not too sure about who you actually are in the first place. So if you don't know who you are, we don't know who we're going to get, right? You can easily be that guy that can just say the right things and do the right things, but behind the scenes, we can't really trust you completely. So even though I got Will Levis going to the Colts, I'm not very confident about that. And to be honest with you, that's probably one of the most unconfident picks that I have had in this top 10 because I honestly don't trust this dude. I don't. I honestly do not trust Will Levis. Like you, you gotta, like you gotta have, you gotta make better decisions and you have to have certain leadership qualities because you are the face of the franchise. You are the face of whatever franchise you go to. Right. And if you're doing stuff like that, I don't know, man, I'm, I'm just not, I'm just not that impressed with Will Levis's behavior. I was already on the fence about him because I just feel like he kind of, every year they have this guy who goes to a team i mean plays for a college and you rarely even know about him all of a sudden like all the scouts are going gaga about him and you're wondering well you know what i'm saying how this going to translate to the league you already had those questions and now he's on there you know doing all this ridiculous stuff on social media i mean i, I can't see this guy like stop doing stuff like that i mean you are who you are right and if you are going to stop, it's because the organization is probably forcing you to do so, right? So I don't know, man. I'm 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 kind of on the fence when it comes to Will Levis. I think he's talented, but I don't know, man. It is it, certain things that a quarterback needs, and I'm questioning. I'm questioning if Will Levis has it at all. Uh, let's see. Uh, it's nothing new. You know it, and I know it. Well, look here's. Uh, you talking about the hateration. Look, all I know is when we talk about, uh, you know, when we talk about certain teams, you know, sometimes, you know, they, you know, the media to me have their pecking order about who they want to be in certain positions, who they want to be in certain spots. And if you don't fall into that category, they minimize your achievements. That's, that's the way I look at it. You know, even though some of the teams that they 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 look at and as a you know as a celebrated team, sometimes those teams struggles, but they they still make they make excuses for those teams in order for them to talk about them. And not to mention, once again, it's just about ratings. At the end of the day, it's about ratings. Like if you're not generating ratings or bringing anything in, you know they feel like it's a waste of time, and they're going to make it seem like it's a waste of time talking about your team. So. Maybe the Saints are one of those teams. Uh, let's see. Uh, TJ, question. How would an open stadium deal with the increase of UV radiation, which can be harmful to some compared to the enclosed stadiums? Well, I don't know exactly about that. You know, when it comes to those type of things, I I'm not too sure about that, man. Um, I don't know, man. I, I, I wish I could an answer for you, but honestly, I do not. Uh, well, the Colts do uh, need a quarterback for real. They're not the same after Andrew Luck was their quarterback. Yeah, they do need a quarterback, but here's the thing. You don't want to just select anybody. See, that's what I want people to understand. You just don't want to just select anybody, right? Don't just select a quarterback because you need a quarterback. Don't, don't try to fall in love with somebody that 
that you know that has some question marks right it is is rather you have them or you don't right it is rather you got your future or you don't have your future and you cannot put a square peg into a round hole so if a guy isn't working or you don't feel like this is your guy there's nothing wrong with going in a different direction now your fan base might be upset about it right they might get ticked off like man what are you doing man we need a quarterback but at the end of the day if that quarterback is goes on to another team and he stinks it up i don't think your fan base would be upset about that decision that you make if you're not in love with a guy don't get him right don't just draft don't just draft a quarterback just to draft the quarterback don't just draft the defensive lineman just to draft the defensive lineman get a guy that you are in love with you feel like is going to be a cornerstone player and help your team win in the future and if you don't have that then move forward then move forward so I'm gonna go ahead and open up the phone lines, man. Uh, we're gonna stop it right there with the uh, with the picks. Um, we'll go on a little bit later, uh, but I want to hear from you, man. We're talking about the NFL draft. Uh, we're talking about the top ten. Uh, you know some of the players that uh, that I have right here. Uh, we'll we'll get to Jalen Carter and you know Quentin Johnston in just a minute. Uh, but I do want to hear from uh, everyone, uh, sports fans out there. Uh, feel free to chime in and let me know what you think about the NFL draft and what you feel like, uh, you know, these teams are going to do. And also just any other questions that you may have about the NFL. There's a lot of things going on. I mean, we know that Odell Beckham Jr. signed his contract with the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Lamar Jackson has yet to do so. Uh, you know, um, you know, these, they got these these teams out here who are trying to draft a quarterback. Um, so where do, you, where do you see these guys going? I mean, do you think that, uh, maybe like the Carolina Panthers will be able to get a guy like Bryce Young. Do you think they're in love with him? Are we going to go to Keen Arthur? Keen Arthur, how you doing, man? What's up, big dog? Hey, what's going on, man? How you doing? One day at a time, bro. Trying to stress, you know, regular stuff. Yeah. Yeah, man, I hear you, man. Yeah, taking one day at a time, man, and uh, things will get better. Yes, sir. Hey, I got a question for you, big dog. Somebody, uh-huh. I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you. I haven't been paying attention to you know the, a whole lot of mock drafts and stuff like that, so I don't know a lot of these candidates' names, these these kids. So, right. question: Does does the Indianapolis Colts have a top ten pick? Yeah, they do. They got the fourth pick in the draft. And you got them taking a the quarterback. Yeah, I got them taking a the quarterback. I got them taking a the quarterback. Now, which quarterback? I'm not too sure about now. I'm 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 a uh I'm a, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm not I, I have them taking Will Levis, but I'm not very sure about that. Um because I, I look at I look at the the head coach, right? You know, like mm-hmm. they, they got the head coach, the offense former offensive coordinator uh of the Philadelphia and we've seen what he can do uh with guys like uh you know Jalen Hurts. So to be honest with you, I would not be surprised. If the Indianapolis Colts were to draft Anthony Richardson with the fourth pick, because I mean, his skill set, the the coach that they have now with Steichen, um, I, I just think that when you look at guys like that, he he'll probably embrace a guy like Anthony Richardson, and I think that um, you you want to put some behinds in the seats too, and you had and when he performed at a high level. It was at the combine in Indianapolis, and being there and watching these fans like stand up and being ah 
at this guy when it comes to his physical presence and his athletic ability. I, I think that uh, it, it wouldn't surprise me if they end up going Anthony Richardson because they feel like they got the coaching staff to get the best out of. I got to. I've, I've been seeing the little that I have been paying attention to. I see a lot of people right. knocking. You you know how how growing up we would say everybody looked good in the layup line, and then they get out there with yeah. the, with the uh, actual skilled players and they look regular or below average. I'm hearing right. a lot of people say that as it pertains to that kid, like right. You're using the combine to evaluate these kids, and when they show you something, then you want to discredit it. I don't understand how that works. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but this this is the thing, man. You you always going to have on one hand people saying like this guy is the next big thing, and then on the other hand, you always going to have some guys that like, man, I'm not too sure about him. And and, it, and it's fair because you look at Anthony Richardson, you see the upside, you see the ability, you see the skill set. But you're wondering where the wins at. And it's also like it's it's kind of the same way with Josh Allen, right? Josh Allen had the makeup, he had the big arm coming out of Wyoming, but he didn't have the signature win. Like right. every game that he played um against like a, a team that was formidable, I mean, he folded like a cheap 10. He didn't look good, right? <laughs> the same percentage, the same percentage passing, I think with like 50% or something like that, him coming out of college. Right, but Buffalo, they, they took a chance on him. He got with Brian Dayball, now the new head coach of the Giants, right? And right. he was able to get the best out of him. That's what I'm saying the same thing with Steichen. Like, you look at uh, Steichen, what he has done with the development of Jalen Hurts, and you feel like Jalen Hurts, okay, he had unanswered questions as well. Maybe he can do the same thing with Anthony Richardson that he did with Jalen Hurts. And maybe the organization will feel more confident about him. But I mean, that's a fair, that's a fair assessment. If a guy isn't winning on a collegiate level, like he has all the, the tools and everything like that, but he ain't got that signature win. It's well within a, a, a skeptic's right to say, I'm not sure about that guy. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So let me ask you this question, uh, TJ. If, mm -hmm. if you're, like you said, evaluating talent and you seeing that, Okay, this dude has he has a lot of talent, but it's not necessarily translating to wins. At what point do we apply right. context? You know what I'm saying? So what if what if Anthony Richardson is out there balling out, but his defense giving mm -hmm. it up at the end? You know what I'm saying? Like he could have that signature right. win or that signature performance, but because it is a team game at the end of the day, where's the line drawn at to say, okay, this dude in the NFL, he could possibly he could possibly translate this talent into wins, but in college, he probably had a you know a couple of seasons where his defense or some somebody else outside of the what he produced didn't allow them to win the game. Where that, that could be officiating, that could be a dude blowing the coverage, you know, stuff like that. Where's the line at? Right. When it well, I agree with you. Well, that's a that's a really good point, King Arthur. I think I, I think you you hit the nail on the head when, with your with your first statement when you're talking about the situations, right? It, it's almost like okay, so. It's almost like, okay, when we talk about the Saints, right? Drew Brees mm -hmm. was putting up major numbers throughout those years, but the defense couldn't stop a nosebleed, right? Right. Right. So who fault is it? It's not Drew Brees' fault, right? If he goes out there and he performs well and the defense lets him down or the wide receivers don't catch the ball or what have you. The same way with Anthony Richardson, right? Anthony Richardson mm -hmm. or, or Josh Allen or even Will Levis, right? 
you have to look at the competition. You got to look at who is, you know, who who's on a, a you know on a team with you, right? If you have right. if you have extraordinary talent, but you don't have extraordinary talent around you, of course you're not going to be able to put up the best numbers. I mean, there's going to be a time where you probably could be 60%, right? But right. This, this, this wide receiver and this wide receiver will <laughs> be dropping the ball. Exactly. So I think that you have to take that into account. But also, when you're looking at film, you have to look at the time in the pocket, the decisions that they're making while in the pocket. Are they, are they trying to, you know, make the play from the pocket? Are they trying to move away? Or are they trying to, you know, like – you got to take those type of things into account. Now, Anthony Richardson went to the University of Florida. Like, let, let's mm-hmm. just be serious about this. That's an SEC school. Florida is, you know, you're going to get some talent. Now, I understand they, they aren't what they were when Tebow was there and all that kind of stuff, but you're going to have some talent around you. And, it, right. and even if he's not putting up major numbers, he should he still has enough talent around him to be formidable enough is this is just my opinion to be formidable enough to put up some really good numbers when i look at when i i I look at how you perform in big games you don't have to win now you don't have to win but how do you perform that's why when i mentioned cj stroud i don't know if you were here that's why when i mentioned cj stroud cj stroud put up major numbers against georgia who blew the blew the doors off tcu right so i mean you got to take that into account right him Lighting up one of the best defenses in all of college football, right? So I feel like that should elevate his draft stock versus a guy who probably came into, you know, like the national championship game in Max Duggan, who who draft stock dropped tremendously because he couldn't get the ball into the end zone after the first quarter. So yeah, you you have to put context on those things, but you also got to be able to evaluate and know what you're looking at when you're watching those all 22s, man. Right. And I ain't gonna hold you, bro. I know you got other callers. This is my last thing. If we all mm-hmm. to get up there and like you said in one of your mock drafts, you was like, mm-hmm. hey, I think the Saints should get up there and get Nolan Smith. Right. What would, what realistically would we have to give up to get in that position to take him? Well, I look at I look at teams that are would be willing to move up. I mean to yeah, to move back in order for the Saints to move up. I always look at teams like the New. I look at teams like the New England Patriots, who have historically have been collecting draft picks. Like they're not afraid to do that. Now this year, because of the issues and the risks that 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 happened between Belichick and Mac Jones, I'm wondering what they want to stay in that position just to see how things may pan out with a guy like Will Levis, right? But I feel like if if the quarterbacks start to fall off the board, Belichick probably more than likely will be willing to you know move back a little bit and allow some a team like the saints in order for them to try to move up as well as like a team like the detroit lions right if to me the detroit lions you already got a quarterback right you already got jared golf i feel like you probably you know you're more than likely gonna get quentin johnston out of tcu a guy that was a possession guy that can go alongside jameson williams who's probably gonna be the top receiver on your team so they'll probably be more willing to try to move back right so mm-hmm. I'm looking at teams like that, right, where the Saints can actually move up. Um, what they'll probably have to give up, more than likely probably, more than likely, they'll give up the 29th pick. That's pretty obvious. And maybe like a, a, a second-round pick next year. But here's the thing, man. We only care about these draft picks when things don't pan out. 
Like, like if this guy ends up being like a generational talent and being that true successor to the Saints, that you know, we need him to be. If you're a Saints fan, when Cam Jordan leaves, nobody cares. But if he goes out there and he puts on a, a, a Davenport, Peyton Turner type performance throughout his career, we like, man, why would you do something like that? But I feel like Nolan Smith, yeah, I think Nolan Smith has that talent. He has that ability. He has that skill set. And I just think that he, he's worth moving up for. I think, look, we've seen this dude on the biggest stage, in the biggest moments, again, the biggest games, perform. It's not like, Oh, you know, like with, with Peyton Turner, who played at the University of Houston, going up against Tulane, no disrespect, or or going up against SMU or something. You know, like it, it's, a, it's a different beast. We know that Nolan Smith is capable. So I, I'm not, I, I feel like there are opportunities in the teams with, with teams like the Texans, teams like the Lions, teams like the Patriots. Uh, you look at the Texans and the Lions, who already got top 10 picks. If they get the guy that they want, they probably will be more willing to move back in the draft. They'll try to accumulate draft capital for the future to build. So that's what I'll be looking at. I'll be looking at teams like that. I got you. Well, all right, big yeah. dog. I, I appreciate the commentary, man. As always, the state of the Saints is the place to be. Yeah, everybody gets some gumbo over here. You heard me? But, yeah. <laughs> but um, I'm going to let you go, big dog. I appreciate your time, and I appreciate you for having me on. All right, thank you so much, Ken Arthur, man. Call back anytime. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, nobody gets mad when you you hit on a guy via trade. It's only when you end up trading up for a guy and he doesn't pan out. Like, it's just that simple. Like, nobody is getting upset if, if a guy you draft via, you know, like, for example – well, like I said, you, you mentioned guys like Marcus Davenport for the New Orleans Saints, right? You think about Marcus Davenport, the Saints moving up, losing a first-round pick the next year, but you had opportunity to get a guy like Lamar Jackson who ended up being league MVP, right? So it, it, it's not a good look, right? But if Marcus Davenport would end up being, you know, all on an all-rookie team or you know, end up like being a, a all pro first or second team. Nobody would care. But it's just the fact that it, he was in and out of the lineup due to injuries and he never ended up being what the New Orleans Saints needed him to be. So it, it, that is how it works. Right. And and also just just other guys as well. You know, if you look out uh, throughout the draft, you know, from other NFL teams, you know, it, it's always the worst idea in the world when a guy doesn't pan out. But the the. The biggest thing about all this is we don't know until it actually happens. Then we're like, man, what the heck were you all thinking? Uh, but we're going to go ahead and go to Jerry. Jerry, how you doing, man? What's going on, TJ Jones? How you doing, bro? I'm doing just fine, man. Thank you for uh, being here. Uh, you know, appreciate your time, man. Uh, what you got for us? Well, I'm sure you got the got the gumbo hot and ready and good, ready to eat. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, I mean, look. The, we, we're talking, you know, the uh, the Gumbo Pie Sports Podcast. You know, we're just talking about, you know, different teams and, and different sports uh, here on, right. on this channel. And uh, like I said, man, we're just focusing in on the NFL draft, man. I mean, look, everybody has their opinions about where these guys are going to go or, you know, what teams are going to do. But, you know, I mean, I just open up the floor to you, man. It's, you know, anything you want to talk about, feel free to do so, man. What you, what you got for us? Well, TJ, after looking at the, uh, your mock draft, uh, mm -hmm. 
on some of, on some of these guys that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. I'm, now, like like I say on uh, like we talked about before, I wouldn't mind. I mean, looking at uh, you know Bryce Young going to uh, Carolina or mm-hmm. T.J. Stroud going to um, to Houston, mm-hmm. and possible with Will Levy's going to um, Indianapolis, but. I wouldn't be surprised because we because we mentioned we talked about Hendon Hooker mm-hmm. possibly possibly might be in the top ten along with those quarterbacks because right like I said before anybody might get Hendon Hooker before we do and we and we in the Saints number twenty nine so right. Hooker might 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 be taken before before we get him mm-hmm. so, yeah look I look I, I look at I look at a guy like Hendon Hooker and I, I'm look. And I'm not just saying this because, you know, I I, I met the dude personally and stuff like that, or you know, mm-hmm. saying took picture with him, what have you. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying everything that I have seen from this guy tells me that he's a really good quarterback. Jerry, it's not just about it's not just about throwing a ball down the field, seventy five yards, man, or you know, what I'm saying like being able to run somebody over, Taysom Hill or, or Cam Newton style. You know, what I'm saying at right, the quarterback right. position. It's about what's in between the ears. And this dude is like really, really smart, man, when it comes to the quarterback position. Hearing him break down plays, him understanding like audibles and stuff like that. A team would be absolutely insane. Like, especially like if you're a team who mm-hmm. has a quarterback that, you know, maybe in a contract year, maybe be one of those quarterbacks that you're not too sure about after a season to, to get him. Like, because... If you have a quarterback, let's just say, for example, I'm looking at, to me, look look at Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins, Mr. Average, Mr. C-plus himself, right? Like, yep. yeah, he can throw for 300 yards, but is he winning anything, right? If you mm-hmm. you know that he's good enough to get your team to the postseason, he's done it on countless occasions, right? But he isn't getting you to that next level that you want. By him mm-hmm. going out there, Henry Hooker being on a, on a bench, you know, recovering from that ACL injury that he sustained and right. also getting knowledge on the bench by the time you decide, okay, man, Kirk Cousins is not guy. Henry Hooker is ready. And he may be able to take your team to the next level. We know he can get the ball into the hands of the playmakers. Look what he did at Tennessee. You get yep. what I'm saying? So I don't, I don't know. I agree with you, man. I don't think that he's going to be there. Everybody that I've talked to, Jerry, like in the NFL circles, I know people aren't really talking about him like for his national media because everybody's talking about the guys that they see that's been available and stuff but right. everybody like people behind the scenes are really high on Hendon Hooker and a lot of yeah, people feel are. like he will be a first round draft pick man yeah and I agree with you about that would you say because like I said any, any other the teams that, that that you see on there like I said we'll take Hooker bef- way before we get him and we down to number 29 but I do yeah. want to touch up on one one of the guys I was looking at, and shouts out mm-hmm. to my guy Ross Jackson of Black right. on Stakes Podcast. He mm-hmm. was he was he was uh he had uh, a guy that might be a good fit for the New Orleans Saints. I'm, of course, I'm talking about number 22 of Deuce Vaughn out of Kansas State. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, after looking at the uh, the games from last year, uh, last season with Kansas State, I mean, the dude the dude's just elusive. He like yep. he, he's like a like another another Darren Sproles or Reggie Bush mixed in between, right? Yeah, and I wouldn't I mean, mind look, if we, I wouldn't mind if the Saints uh, pick pick him up. Yeah, I mean, you look 
I, th- I know a lot of people probably are reluctant about a guy like Deuce Vaughn because his size, we 5'5", 176 pounds, something like that. So people look at that like, ah, I don't know about that. But look at like, like some of those smaller guys who have performed mm-hmm. at a high level. I mean, you, you mentioned Darren Sproles, right? I mean, even guys like Boston Scott, who, who you see out there. I mean, yep. we've, we've seen historically there are guys that can perform uh, pretty pretty well. And, and, you know, his ability to catch the ball out of backfield. Um, mm-hmm. he, he's a tough guy, man, to bring down yes, you know, at, at times. And, um, you know, he has a lot of the qualities that, Darren Sproles had. I mean, it's ironic that they both went to the same college, but I, I just think that when guys they look at the running back position, they they don't look at a guy like Dukes Vaughn, but he definitely can be like one of those key contributors on the team. He's probably not going to be your starting running back, but he mm-hmm. definitely can be a, a great asset and a great accessory to what you're actually doing. And in the right situation, we know that you know he he can he can. He can do some damage, man, and be oh, a yeah. really good running back for you. So yeah, I'm I'm pretty high on him as well. Yes, sir. It's, especially when you do those screens and stuff, that's when they get loose. Mm-hmm. Because uh, yeah. Because if y'all saw Deuce Vaughn at Kansas State, I mean, from the quarterback to him running, yeah. making a run. Oh my God, that dude just yeah. that dude's just elusive, TJ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, look. There, there's some, there's some skeptics about this. I mean, I'm hearing some stuff. They're talking about his measurables, of course, his size. Um, you know, they're talking about he need to be quicker. Like, come on, man. Like, we we hear this stuff That's all the time, true. man. That's yeah, we hear this. Yeah, we hear this stuff all the time, man. But mm-hmm. these guys come in and, and they just exceed expectations. And I just feel like, I mean, I even throw another guy out there, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. You know what I'm saying? That's another guy. You know what I'm saying? Who who comes in, even though he's a little bigger. Uh, than you know, Deuce Vaughn is, but he's a smaller guy, but yep. he's still out there. He was he's been a really good asset to the Kansas City Chiefs before he was injured. And yep. I just think with a guy like Deuce Vaughn, you give him opportunity, take a fly on him. I mean, he, he can be he can be a difference maker for your team. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah no doubt it. about it, man. Yeah, you got you got anything else for us, man? Nah, TJ, that's all I got for you, bro. Appreciate you having me on here as always, man. And like King, like King Arthur say. This is the place where we talk New Orleans Saints, but also talk NFL talk. Yeah, man, no doubt about it, man. Thank you, thank you so much, Jerry. Appreciate you uh, chiming in. Likewise, TJ. You be blessed, brother. All right, you too. Take care. All right, take. Care. Yeah, shouts out, and shouts out to Jerry. Yeah, yeah, man. Look, guys like Deuce Vaughn, they're not on the lips of all these these NFL scouts and all that kind of stuff. But if you already got a pretty good running back room. Why not add a guy like this in? Like we we see the these smaller scat bag type guys come in and provide a spark for these teams. Like I mentioned Boston Scott, right out there with Philadelphia. They just re-signed him back. Uh, we seen Darren Sproles uh, do it for the Chargers, uh, for the Saints, Philadelphia. Clyde Edwards Alaire doing it with Kansas City. Like we see these smaller guys come in who guys kind of rode off, but they're so hard to bring down. They're so hard to wrap up, and they got this this fiery spirit about them that you know just makes you just want to root for those guys. And uh, Deuce Vaughn is definitely one of those guys. And if you have not checked out Deuce Vaughn, feel free to you know look at some of his uh, highlights or you know look at some of his games as Kansas State, and I guarantee you you'll change your mind about what you may think about him, and you'll realize that uh, even though he's he's small in stature, I mean he he's pretty mighty and he got a lot of heart. 
Uh, let's go ahead and go to uh, Izzy. Izzy, uh, how you doing? Hi, TJ. How are you? I'm doing all right. Thank you so much for uh, being a part of the show. Uh, what you got for us? I am so excited. I, I'm just going to be real, real quick. I live in Kansas City. Deuce Bond mm-hmm. is, is revered here in this mm-hmm. area, in this Midwest area. Anyway, I'm so excited. I get to go to F- my first NFL draft. Oh, that's awesome. That is awesome. How, so how, so how you feeling about that? How are you, you I'm excited? Yes, I got my Kirk Carr jersey in the mail a couple of a days ago. I'm so excited. I'm going to rock the Saints. I'm going to rock it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, look, that that's always exciting. And, and and I'm I'm glad that the NFL is like switching cities. Like it used to just be in New York and everybody just go to New York, but now they're branching out and you know, now it's in Kansas City. But uh what what are you looking forward to the most? Uh, you know, just going to the NFL draft for the first time. Well, I'm looking forward to, you know, fan day. They have all kind of activities going on. I'm a mm-hmm. teacher also, so my yeah. students and I, we're going to go down there during the day because there's a mm. whole bunch of activities and things for them to do. And I'm oh, excited. I just, oh, I'm going to be taking pictures. I'm, yeah. going, I'm, just, I'm just excited because this is my first NFL draft <laughs> and I've never been. And I'm just so happy. Oh, that. Look, that that's awesome. That that is absolutely awesome. I hope that you know. I hope it's everything that you want it to be. And I, I'm look. I'm pretty sure that it is. Everybody I talk to that has been to the NFL draft, they talk about that experience and it and, and having that experience. It lasts for a lifetime because you know they they talk right. about you know just you know some of the emotions of some of the fans and stuff like that when they get picks and you know yeah, like when they yeah. finally get the guy that they want. I I excited they are. But since you're going to be at the draft repping for the New Orleans Saints, who name do you hope they call in the first round <laughs> that's oh. going to get you excited? <laughs> who, who, who is that Who is that player that will get you excited if, the, if you oh hear my. their name on draft day? I tell you what, I've always said um, I want the Saints to draft a quarterback. I mm. want them to. I don't think Hendon Hooker is going to fall to us. I think mm-hmm. he's going to real early uh, um, in, in that in that first round. But if we don't get a quarterback in the first round, I need us to draft maybe a defensive tackle or something mm. like that because we need yeah. to strengthen. You know, DeMario is more than enough, yeah. but I think we need to get, get that a little bit stronger, a little bit tighter. I think that's right. the only key piece we're missing in our defense you know piece you know right yeah i agree and i think i think a lot of saints fans agree with you too the the saints need help on the defensive line rather it's an interior lineman like you mentioned or even an edge rusher you know but they need help defensively you know on on that line because i i constantly say they start a little bit too slow during the season and then they start to kind of you know pick it up if you can get a guy to come out the gate that can help you get started, right. early, I mean that right. would be that would be a, a shot in the arm to the defense and the momentum that they need uh, throughout the entire season. So yeah, I, I definitely uh, agree with you. You know, on that one. But you know, right. if we don't uh-huh. get a quarterback this season, I know next season, next draft, next year's draft, there's going to be mm-hmm. a lot of quarterbacks on the board that we could use and i mean i'm talking about 
um, these seniors coming out next year that are fire. Yep. I, yep. We got to get one next year. If we don't get one this year, we got to get, because I'm looking to the future. I'm not looking right. for just now. You know, Derek Carr is a good, a good stable something for now. And I'm happy we have him, but we mm-hmm. need to look to the future to sustain our organization. Yeah. I agree with that, you know, and next year, you know, hopefully, you know, the Saints aren't picking, you know, in the top 15 <laughs> like that or even a 10. Hopefully, we, you know, they, they have found their way to the playoffs. But right. if you are bad, <laughs> next year right. will be a year to be bad because, I mean, you got Kayla Williams coming out. Uh, you got May right. coming out. I mean, yeah. you, you, got some, you got some really good quarterbacks that are going to be on the board. And those guys, uh, a lot of people consider them as being uh, the future of the NFL, especially a guy like Kayla Williams. Uh, right. That, like, once again, I hope the Saints aren't that bad for them to have to pick a guy uh, like Kayla. But, uh, yeah, I mean, but th- there's have... a lot of really good quarterbacks. Right. <laughs> and, and, and I hope I get to meet some Saints players if they're there. I hope yeah. I get to meet some Saints players because I love them so much. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, there, there, there are times where, you know, the, the, the NFL, they'll ask like certain players to come in and, you know, and, uh, you know, announce the draft pick uh, for the team. And sometimes yeah. guys are just there, you know, doing stuff for the media and stuff like that, promoting like brands that, that sponsor right. them. So, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure that you'll probably see, if not Saints players, you'll definitely uh, see some NFL players out there. So hopefully – if you don't see a Saints player, you, you'll see somebody that you can be like, wow, you know, I can't believe I met them. So right. hopefully you, can, you still get that experience. Uh, right, but you got, right. anything, you got anything else for us, uh, Izzy? That's it. That's it. Thank you so much for your time. I li- listen to you all the time. Well, I appreciate that, Izzy. Thank you so much. Uh, I appreciate it. And once again, I hope you have a wonderful time at the NFL draft. And hopefully uh, you can call in and let us know what the atmosphere is like uh, because we are going to be going live on draft night. All right. All right. I will. I will uh, do that. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much. All right. Later. All right. Later. Take care. Yeah. Yeah. Shouts out to Izzy. I mean, look, that is an exciting time. I know it is because I feel <laughs> I felt the same way when I got opportunity to go to the NFL combine and into the senior bowl, you know, and, and it just, walking you know up those well walking up the bleachers and and getting up there to the where you can actually see the field it was like a surreal moment and being able to see like some of these guys that that you watch on television and seeing them in person and interacting with them I mean it's a surreal experience so I I hope Izzy has a really good time which I'm pretty sure that she will and um you know it's everything that she wants it to be but you know Izzy mentioned the interior lineman, the Saints drafting an interior lineman would be, uh, you know, something that she would value very much if uh, she hears that on draft day, which, uh, you know, leads us to our number five pick uh, in this year's NFL draft, according to this mock draft that I've done. Uh, Jalen Carter, a defensive end out of Georgia. And uh, we've, oh man, we've uh, been talking about Jalen Carter for all the wrong reasons as of late uh the day that i actually went to indianapolis that was the day where you know he was uh you know (laughs) there was a warrant out for him you know to come in because of the situation that involved 
uh, his teammate and a member of the Georgia coaching staff uh, losing their lives in an accident. Uh, turns out they felt that Jalen Carter was uh, actually in a drag race with those two individuals, uh, you know, before, you know, unfortunately they lost their lives. Um, there was some uh, footage that was out, him speeding, uh, tent, tent too dark. Um, and also just his pro day, people felt like he left a lot to be desired. He looked winded. He looked tired. So, you know, I don't know. I, I know sometimes the NFL is a, a competitive business and these, these teams, they want the best players available. So if they could put some information out there or, or leak some information that they heard in order for a, a, a player not to be seen as valuable so he can fall to them. They're willing to do that, man. I mean, look, the teams are willing to scratch and bite and claw and do everything they possibly can to try to get the best players available. Look, I look at a team like the Seattle Seahawks drafting a guy like Jalen Carter because we know that a coach like Bill, I mean, Pete Carroll, um, has done a great job with guys with certain personalities. And he's able to allow those individuals to be themselves within reason right we've we seen like the legion of boom like we look at guys like cam chancellor and richard sherman and earl thomas and you also had like uh, marshawn lynch and you had all these guys with these different personalities on his team but pete carroll allowed them to be themselves and he didn't you know shy away from guys like that and even when he was at USC, I mean, you've seen guys like Lindell White, you know, big personality, Dwayne Jarrett, you know, guys like that. When he was coaching them, he allowed those guys to be themselves. And I think that a, a, a guy like Jalen Carter falling to the Seattle Seahawks, I think Pete Car Carroll can serve as that father figure that he needs in order for him to be steered in the right direction. I think that Pete Carroll has a really good coaching staff to help this guy stay on the straight and narrow. And him being out there in the Pacific Northwest, I think that that would be a, a great for him, you know, because you, you remove yourself from all the, the negativity. I mean, you're out there, you know, what I'm saying unfamiliar territory and you're able to thrive in the process. Look, we know what Jalen Carter can be when he's motivated. Now, when he's when he's not motivated is not a good thing. But when he is motivated, it is a good thing. He he like he is literally. The type of guy, if he wants you to move out of the way, he's going to move you out of the way. I mean, he can be absolutely dominant. Now, thinking about this situation and thinking about him, this 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 entire situation kind of reminds me, some of you I'm probably going to lose with this, but the whole Warren Sapp situation, right? Warren Sapp was supposed to be a, you know, a top pick coming out of Miami, best interior lineman, had some questions leading up to the draft, so he failed. Right, the Jets were supposed to get them. All the Jets fans thought they was going to get Sap. The whole chant, "We want Sap, we want Sap." They end up getting Kyle Brady. Like, huh? What? What happened? <laughs> but uh, he ended up falling to the Bucks, and the next thing you know, he's an all-time great. Right. So hopefully, this can be one of those situations for Jalen Carter, where he falls to a really good situation where coaches can keep him on the straight and narrow, get him away from those outside forces that can you know, steer him in the wrong direction and really allow him to just focus on football and live out his true potential. So I have Dylan Carter uh, going to the Seattle Seahawks with the fifth pick in the draft. I think it would be a great move and a great opportunity for him. And uh, 
hopefully this will be the place for him to be the pro that we know he can be. Uh, say, TJ, um, any thoughts on Michigan interior lineman Mozzie Smith uh, being a selection if we move up? Well, look, I, honestly, this is what I feel about Mozzie Smith. The footage, it, it, it doesn't lie, right? This, this dude is a really good interior lineman. I, I like his footwork. I like his athletic ability. I like his quick twitch. Um, he, he is a really good interior lineman. But there are so many other interior linemen that I feel like teams are going to be attracted to before they get to Mozzie Smith. I don't, I don't think this is one of those situations where the Saints would have to move up to acquire a guy like Mozzie Smith. I think Mozzie Smith is projected to maybe be a top second round pick. Um, you think about guys like Carter, you think about guys like Brees, you think about guys like Cansey, uh, you know, so many other uh, interior linemen that that can fall to other teams before Mozzie even comes off the board, right? So the way I look at it is they don't even have to move, right? Now, if you start to see a little bit of a trend or something that you're not used, you're not expecting, then by all means, be aggressive. If you if you like Mozzie Smith, if you like him, move up and try to acquire this guy, right? But if you see that the draft is kind of falling in a direction that you see it going, maybe there's a couple of other defensive end that didn't fall off the board and you're in love with Smith, then stay where you are, right? But I think where the Saints are at 29 is is not out of the realm of possibility that they can draft they can draft this guy still without even moving a spot. And that's what you want. You know, that that's what you want, uh Cartel. That's what you want. You look, you you want to be aggressive, right? You you want to be able to get the guys that you want. But if you can get the guy that you want and don't have to move and don't have to uh, sacrifice a draft pick in order to acquire him, that's a plus. So I think it's, it's about how the draft is moving, how it's being dictated. If you feel like he's going to be there at 29, then by all means, stay where you are. If you're in love with him, um, if you feel like the draft isn't going the way that you expect and you're seeing like the interior is moving off the board and you really, really want an interior lineman like Maji Smith, then by all means, make try to make a phone call to try to move up a couple of spots so you can make sure that you have a guy uh, like that. Uh, TJ, a lot of these guys intangibles seem to be questionable this year. Well, King Arthur, a lot of this from what I from what I see. Well, I won't say from what I see, from what I believe. These teams, these, these scouts, these reporters, they do their due diligence on these guys. And they want to make sure that this is the right guy going to the right team. And, and, and honestly, for the last couple of years, Ken Arthur, because you think about it, especially the quarterback position, last season, only, you know, only Kenny Pickett was – the only quarterback in the first round that was drafted. He went to the Pittsburgh Steelers. All these other guys that they had, you know, Desmond Ritter, um, you know, like um, Malik Willis, all those guys, you know, end up falling to the later rounds, right? And it's because these guys did their due diligence. Now, by looking at it, if you look at, if you're believing what you're hearing out of Tennessee, they're not in love with Malik Willis. The, the work ethic, you know, the fact that – uh um josh dobbs outplayed him right all these different things that are said about him it seemed like it's correct right so 
them doing their due diligence, doing their homework on these guys is a plus. And putting this stuff out here and stuff that you see, it is alarm. It can be alarming. So I don't think is I don't think these guys aren't talented. They are. But when you're drafting a guy in the top 10, when you're drafting a guy in the first round, you definitely want to be doing your homework. You want to be doing your homework, and you definitely want to make sure that you're doing your homework if your job is on the line, right? They got a lot of general managers that are on their last leg. And if this is your first time as a general manager or your first time as a head coach, you want to knock it out the park, right? You you think about the, the Carolina Panthers with Frank Wright, new GM, um, you know what I'm saying, David Tepper, all these different guys out here. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you want to be able to knock it out the park, being that this is your first time with this organization. And so many of these other guys, like Steichen and, and, and all these other coaches that are new and these general managers that are, are trying to set the tone, you want to get it right. So I don't care if it's, you know, he had opportunity to pay for a Hershey candy bar and he didn't. That type of stuff right there is alarming. You know, if, if you know, and it, it could be something that could be a red flag and it could be an indicator of what that person's personality is about. So it, it's not like these guys aren't talented, but you definitely got to do your homework. You definitely got to do your homework because you don't want to be that GM that lets something slide between the cracks because that guy's success is your success. And if he's not successful, you might find yourself looking in a classifying as for a new job. Uh, we're going to go on to uh, the number six pick. Um, I got the Detroit Lions taking Quentin Johnston. Okay, the six foot four, 216-pound wide receiver out of TCU who had a really good season, man. Uh, big body guy, good possession guy. Um, I, I know people are talking about his speed and all that kind of stuff. Man, I wasn't really impressed with Quentin Johnston, to be honest with you. Like, to me, it, <laughs> He, he, look, if the guy ends up being a Michael Thomas clone, wouldn't surprise me. If he ends up being Kelvin Benjamin, it wouldn't surprise me. But the best thing about this is I feel like he goes to a team with an offensive coordinator in Johnson. Um, yeah, I feel like the offense of the Detroit Lions could put him in a position where he can succeed. I feel like his size and his ability, he can be a really good possession receiver. Because I look at Jamison Williams, uh, I look at uh, St. Brown, I look at all these guys that they have on this team that are already really, really good. So all this dude has to go in here and be that possession guy, and he can be a really good red zone threat for these guys. Really good hands. Well, I don't say really good hands. Like, no, not really good hands. He... It, it comes and goes. Quinn Johnston, one game, can look like the most dominant wide receiver in all of college football. And then the next game, he dropping passes left and right. So I think with his skill set, his abilities, because of uh, all these things, he's going to be a top 10 pick. But once again, if he ends up being a Michael Thomas clone, wouldn't surprise me. If he ends up being Calvin Benjamin, surprise me either okay because there were there were some times where i feel like he should have he could have stepped up in games didn't do so right um 
should have had way more touchdowns in my opinion than he had. I think he ended up having six this last season. But I just think that the, the team that he will go to is, is the best spot for him. And I think that Detroit needs a possession type guy. And I think that he's a guy that can that can win those 50-50 balls because, I mean, he, he has a really good vertical. And he's a guy that can, you know, if you need to throw that fade in the back of the end zone in the red zone, I think he's a guy that can come down with the football. So I, I got him going with the sixth pick. But, man, whatever direction his career goes wouldn't surprise me at all. I guess it depends on how he applies himself. But he definitely has to get a little bit better when catching some of these passes in clutch situations and showing up when necessary you know uh, i you know i like quentin johnston but i mean the talent and the ability kind of comes and it kind of goes in my opinion um i would go with nolan smith uh let me see uh in felix who is this in dookie <laughs> now nah, i don't know what that what it said in what i mean and and new no nah, whatever uh if i was the saints uh but who am i well look i i don't First off, I have to look up this guy's name because I got to make sure if this, if we talk about the same person. So let me let me let me make sure that because <laughs> I just completely butchered this guy's name. So let me see. Make sure that okay okay there we there we go. And okay now I'm okay we talking about this in Zoma. Okay, I'm like huh what? Okay, the the defensive end out of uh, Kansas State. Okay, I'm like man, what is going on here? But nah, man, I think the dude is uh pretty good. I just never heard I ain't hear nobody like, you know, say the first and last name that way. But yeah, 6'4, 256 pounds. To me, uh good solid guy. Probably gonna have to put on a little bit more weight, um, a little bit more muscle. Um, you know, I think that he has a high motor. I think that he uh is a guy that, you know, can probably, you know, get some pressure on a quarterback. But am I completely 100 percent in love with the guy? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Not really. You know, so I look at his stats. What, 31 solo, eight and a half sack, two fourth fumbles. Really solid, you know, college uh, season last season. But I don't know, man. I think right now, dude looking more like a project in my opinion. And the Saints, to me, is, uh, you know, I think they need much more than just a project at this point. You got Cam Jordan. I mean, his career is winding down. You don't know what you have with Peyton Turner. You got some new guys on the interior line. I mean, you still got a uh, Carl Grandison, who I like a lot, and I think that he gets better every single year. But the reality is, man, too many projects. Okay, I, I think you need a short thing uh, going forward. I think you need a, a short thing, and I, I'm I'm feel bad because I completely messed up in Zuma's name. But uh, hey, but I, I think that he's more of a project. I think he's more of a project, and um, yeah, I, I think that uh, you know. He, he he will he can go to a team where he can actually develop and he probably can end up being a really good player but i don't feel like where the saints are right now when it comes to like the edge rushing defensive ends i think they need a little bit more of a sure thing uh, i definitely agree with you on not moving up and you still getting your guy i appreciate your take well look i, I think that you, you want to be smart about this like look you don't want to just be moving up just to move up and if you're looking at like some of these interior linemen, if you're doing your homework, right? I'm pretty sure that if Mozzie Smith was to come off the board, Cartel, if Mozzie Smith was to come off the board, I'm pretty sure you did enough homework if Brees is still there, right? 
I mean, I, I wouldn't mind that, right? Would you? I wouldn't. Uh, you know, if uh, Kalaja Kansi is still there, I mean, if you draft him, would you care? No. So I think there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of, you know, a really good interior linemen. And if you like go, like go and look at some of this film and not the highlights. I'm, look, I want people to like, it's, it's good to watch the highlights. It, it, the highlights get you excited, right? But go watch some of those games where maybe they lost, right? You know, go go watch some of the games where the games are kind of nip-tuck, late in games, right? How hot is the motor run? You get what I'm saying? Like, how how well is this guy playing? Is, is he being a force? Like, watch some of those games. It's easy to fall in love with the highlights, right? Go look up Kalijah Kansi's highlights. Go go look up Monty Smith's highlights, right? That's what they what they that's why they call them highlights, right? Because they're supposed to get you excited. They're supposed to get you motivated. They're supposed to get you fired up. But, you know, go and watch some of those games where, you know, maybe they lost once again. Or maybe those games are, like, kind of tough. Late fourth quarter, game tied, need a stop. Where is that defensive lineman? Where is that interior guy? Where is he? Is, is he? is he moving the quarterback out of the spot? Is he... You know, running back gets the ball is on third down and one. Is he like plugging up the middle and making the stop? Like, what are, what are we doing, right? The, look at stuff like that, and I think that those type of situations are more telling to me than you know watching a guy first quarter, fourteen minutes and fifty five seconds still left on the clock, and he makes a stop on first down, and it was a big hit. Like it's it's cool, but I mean. Don't always tell you the whole story. Cartel says, I like John Domingo as a possible future in the later rounds if he's available. I'm going to tell you right now. John Domingo, I mean, he improved his portfolio tremendously between the senior bowl and the combine. I'm pretty sure he's going to be a second round pick to somebody. I'm wondering to myself, will the New Orleans Saints be looking wide receiver in round number two? I don't know. I, I, I don't. I don't think so. I don't think so. But let me move on to the number seven pick. We got Anthony Richardson um, going to the Las Vegas Raiders. And I think that this would be a good spot for Anthony Richardson because of this, how this draft is panning out. Wouldn't surprise me once again for those that just joined in if he was to go to the Indianapolis coach because of the, the head coach that they have now with Steichen coming in. And, you know, what he has done with Jalen Hurts wouldn't surprise me at all if he goes to the coach. But if they feel like Will Levis is more of a, a proven thing and he's a day one starter and all that other stuff, which me personally, I, I got my questions about him once again. Anthony Richardson will go to the Vegas Raiders. Um, this would be a good spot for him. Number one, they already got Jimmy Garoppolo. So he doesn't have to worry about being a savior of the franchise. Look, Jimmy Garoppolo, whether you like him or not, whether he's your favorite quarterback or not, one thing that you can say about Jimmy G, he can play. Now, his health is an issue, right? Every single year, it seems like he gets hurt, be out for a, su a substantial amount of time. And having a guy like Anthony Richardson waiting in the wings, he'll probably end up starting much earlier than he needs to be. Uh, but when I look at Anthony Richardson, you look at his upside, you look at his ability, you look at his skill set, you look at the fact that the Raiders historically always seem to fall in love with the guy who is 
who can move the needle. I mean, we've seen it so many times. I mean, if you if for some of my uh, older NFL fans out there, I know y'all remember Darius Hayward Bay. You know, they drafted him because he ran a 4-2-40 instead of drafting Michael Crabtree. I mean, it, it's just crazy stuff like that, right? Uh, drafting Sebastian Janikowski in the first round, drafting a kicker. Yeah, they always historically have went and went absolutely crazy for these guys with great upside. And Anthony Richardson, in the right situation, I feel like he can be a formidable quarterback. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, Josh McDaniels, not a fan. Not a fan at all. I feel like like for some of the people out there that may have questions about head coach Dennis Allen of the New Orleans Saints, I feel the same way. I feel the same way when it comes to Josh McDaniels. I feel like he is not a good head coach. I feel like, you know, he leaves a lot to be desired. To me, I feel like he's worse than Dennis Allen. To be, you know, I think that he's one of those guys who is just a product of a good system. And because he was in a good system, it makes him look good. You know, I always use this example uh, on my podcast. It's almost like the assistant manager who's making the store look great, but the store manager getting all the credit. Right. You know, I think that when it comes to the New England Patriots in all those days, it was about it, it was about bill belichick and it was about tom brady and he was just a product of that and i don't think that he has what it takes to be able to develop a quarterback i don't i do not feel that way but i think when it comes to mark davis him being in the las vegas market them trying to move the needle them trying to generate excitement anthony richardson would be the guy and maybe maybe the guy that comes in after Josh McDaniels get fired. And yes, I'm calling it right now because I don't believe in him. Maybe that guy can be the, the guy to help Anthony Richardson going forward. Um, so I got Anthony Richardson going to the Vegas Raiders. Historically, they always go for the wow factor. Uh, you know, the more of the more of the sizzle, not so much the stake. But Josh McDaniel, to me, I just feel like he just would destroy this guy. So I, I'm hoping that, you know, if he goes to the Raiders, um, Jimmy Garoppolo, this is one of those seasons where he just plays the entire time. Says, uh, man, I don't want to see Bryce Young twice a year. Well, if I'm the Carolina Panthers, and if I'm assuming you're a New Orleans Saints fan, um, I would I would want you to see him twice a year. Anthony Richardson has a chance to be the number one overall pick. If Slim out, if... The Carolina Panthers select Anthony Richardson with the first pick overall. They are the most incompetent franchise in the entire NFL because where they were positioned, they could have got him. Like, seriously, based on this draft, based on their, their former positioning, I think, if I'm not mistaken, they were at number nine because the Chicago Bears are there now. They could have got Anthony Richardson. So why would you want to move up eight spots to acquire a guy that you could have got, right? I mean, that's some that's some draft day Kevin Costner type stuff. Yeah, I remember when he drafted Chad with Bozeman, you know, with the first pick overall, but he could have easily got him in the same position where he was at before. That is what this would be, and that would be the most epic fail in NFL history. And look, you can you know, I understand if you're, you're a Saints fan or a fan of the NFC uh, of an NFC South team. You're probably looking and saying to yourself, like, you know, I don't care. You know, I don't care if they do that. I'm, I'm going to laugh. But, look, 
the fact is they cannot be that incompetent. And I don't think the Carolina Panthers are that incompetent. Historically, throughout the years, they've been a very credible franchise. They've been pretty good when it comes to selecting talent. And they've been right there in the NFC South, right? Right with the New Orleans Saints. They've, they've been the class of this uh, division. I'm talking the NFC South. So, I look, you're not going to move up eight spots to acquire a guy that you could have got at nine. If you do that, won't be the most epic fail in NFL history. Like one, one, like that would be one of the most epic fails I've ever seen, getting a guy that you could have easily gotten the same position that you was in right now. Uh, but speaking of the NFC South, it leads me to the number eight pick. And I got the Atlanta Falcons selecting Jackson, Smith, and Jigba. And to some New Orleans Saints fans, this may. Um, I understand how this may make you feel. Uh, but I look at the Atlanta Falcons. I look at the dirt sheets and how some dirt sheets are saying how Jackson Smith and Jigba uh, would, you know, be a good fit for the New Orleans Saints. Um, not only would I feel like the Atlanta Falcons would do this just to be petty because they wouldn't want the Saints to get them, but I also feel like he would be a really good fit. Like they already got Drake London, who has proven that he's a really good receiver. And you look at Jackson Smith and Jigba, you put him on the opposite side. It can be that, you know, that Roddy White, Julio Jones type thing, or even more recently, a Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley type thing. So Jackson Smith and Jigba would be a good spot. Now, you're probably wondering to yourself, you know, no quarterback, right? I don't look at the Atlanta Falcons trying to draft a quarterback. GM already came out talking about how much, you know, they they value Desmond Ritter. Uh, you know, you had uh, Arthur Smith come out, say how much they value Desmond Ritter. So I don't see them actually going in a different direction. You at least want to see what you have in Desmond Ritter in a full sample size. Izzy and I talked a few minutes ago. Izzy called in and was talking about, you know, how next year you have some really good quarterbacks coming out. Now, if the Atlanta Falcons go out and the season isn't what they want it to be, and they end up finding themselves picking in this position again, which I know Falcon fans wouldn't want, but if they just so happen to do so, then you, you set yourself up to get that quarterback in the future, and you have Kyle Pitts, and you have Drake London, and you have Jackson Smith and Jigba, you have a, a three-headed monster, and not to mention uh, you got Algeri back there, you know what I'm saying, running the football who is only going to get better, We've seen how he started developing and you have the talent around that young quarterback to come in and be able to give you the results that you want. And I just feel like with Jackson Smith and Jigba, to me, he's the best wide receiver in this draft. I feel like he's better than Quentin Johnston. I think that he would he would go before Quentin Johnston if Jamison Williams and St. Brown weren't in Detroit. But because they are, I got Jackson Smith and Jigba going to the Atlanta Falcons to a lot of Saints, Carolina, Tampa Bay fans this May. Uh, the best wide receiver in the NFL draft, in my humble opinion. In my humble opinion. May not want to hear it, but hey, we just got to keep it real here on the podcast. That would be a good pick. It definitely would be. Um, yeah, um, Demetri said, yes, sir. Yeah, I, I, look, I can see it. I, I definitely can see it. Since they already have come out, and said that they are committed to Desmond Ritter. You know they're not going to go quarterback. 
and, you know, adding offensive depth to their team. I can see them getting Jackson Smith and Jigba. But let's go ahead and finish this up. Let's, uh, we caught the number nine pick. We got uh, Peter uh, Skoransky, uh the tackle out of Northwestern. Look, this is no surprise here. Um, Justin Fields needs offensive line help. They need to be able to keep this man upright. And you start by building the offensive lineup through the draft, right? Uh, Skoransky is a really good tackle. Been very, very dominant at Northwestern. Uh, I'm pretty sure they're pretty familiar with the guy since Northwestern is located in Evanston, Illinois, a couple, you know, a couple miles from Chicago. So they're pretty much familiar with the product and they know this guy really well. Good feet, um, doesn't give up sacks, um, and a guy that could be a cornerstone left tackle uh, for years to come. And he he is a Chicago Bear type tackle, right? Um, I, I like these Big Ten uh, offensive linemen. I just love them, man. They they are those guys that are NFL ready. Uh, you you look at North, um, got, uh, colleges like Northwestern, Michigan, Ohio State, uh, Wisconsin. You look at all these schools; they always have some really good offensive line play, and they always have some guys that that stay in the NFL for a long time when they are drafted. And Peter Skoransky is definitely one of those guys that I see would be a good fit for the Chicago Bears. Uh, the Chicago Bears have an opportunity to actually really build their team through the draft, uh, making these type of commitments, uh, trading uh, with the Carolina Panthers to develop draft capital. It would be a great, it would be a great position and, and, a, and a great pick for the Chicago Bears. So I, I can see them definitely going after tackle, and I don't think that it would be over in this draft by them drafting uh, some more offensive linemen to make sure that Justin Fields stays upright. Justin Fields took a step forward uh, this past season. I know some people thought that he wasn't going to stay uh, in Chicago, especially when you had Bryce Young coming out, but Chicago made a commitment to Justin Fields, and you're not going to make a commitment to a guy like that if you don't feel like he's the future of your franchise, especially when you have a guy like Bryce Young who has that capability and a lot of a lot of NFL prognosticators feel that he's better than Justin Fields. So the way I I, I got uh, Skoransky coming in, helping out Justin Fields, but once again, I don't feel like it's going to be done uh, in this draft trying to get offensive line help to keep Justin Fields upright because that's the only chance that the Chicago Bears have at possibly making a postseason and winning the NFC North. And, and if anything, well, if all indications are telling us Aaron Rodgers is, is leaving there, going to the Jets, right? Um, if he does leave, that, that opens up the, the, the whole entire division. Um, the guy who has been the boogeyman of the NFC North is no longer there. So it opens up endless possibilities for teams like Detroit, teams like Chicago, Minnesota, you know what I'm saying, to flex their muscle continuously. So We'll see. Chicago, this will be a good start, right? Keeping Justin Fields upright. Uh, Lions can also go cornerback. Yeah, you, you know, I, I thought about that too. I, I thought about that too. I mean, look, you got Kristen Gonzalez out there out of Oregon, right? I mean, good, you know what I'm saying? Good, solid cornerback, good hands, uh, good skill set, good ability. Um, gives you everything that you possibly want. I mean, you, you got uh, Devin Witherspoon out of Illinois. 
Uh, you know, he's a guy, you know, ran just ran a four four uh, at his pro day. Uh, you got some you got some really good cornerbacks. You, know, you got Dante Banks out of Maryland. They could easily go with a cornerback. But I just feel like when I look at it, they already added, um, you know, two cornerbacks to their room who more than likely are going to be their starters. Now, you can say that they probably will add some depth, maybe drafting a cornerback, and it wouldn't be a surprise to me. But I just feel like they need that guy like a Quentin Johnston. Like, I feel like they've, they put up some major points um, last season. Their offense was explosive, but they, they need that Kenny Galladay type receiver. And I feel like that's been missing. They can take the top off the defense, but you, you need some, you need a guy that's going to be able to, you know, play the field and be able to win uh, those one-on-one matchups when he's being jammed. Right. And I, and I feel like Quentin Johnston would be that guy. I, I really feel like he would be that guy. And let's go ahead and finish up the top 10. We're going to go with Brian Branch. Uh, we got um, Brian Branch going to the Philadelphia Eagles, the safety out of Alabama. Uh, Brian Branch, look, if you've been watching SEC football, you already know what this dude is. You already know that this guy is a problem. You already know that he's, he's pretty doggone good, pretty talented. Uh, and we know that the Philadelphia Eagles, they need help at safety. Um, you know, uh, I look at uh, Branch. He's uh, six feet, 190 pounds, uh, had a really good solid, you know, combine. He reminds uh, me of <laughs> a former Alabama Crimson Tide. So he checks all the boxes. I mean, he's strong. He's intelligent uh, playing this position. He has really good range. Uh, he's fast. Uh, he's fluid. I mean, he, he got really, really good size. Um, I think he's probably going to gain a little bit of muscle as as time goes on, and he's going to be able to give you what you need at the safety position. They decided to move on from C.J. Garner Johnson. He goes to Detroit, and you need somebody that's going to be able to replace him. And his, his foot. Um, is one of those guys that I feel like a good fit uh, for uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, another guy that I feel like would be a good fit, but I think they can get the, get him in later rounds is Zay Flowers. Um, you have uh, you have some really good, talented wide receivers already out there with Devontae Smith, uh, AJ Brown. You you, you have a uh, Dallas Goddard at position. You got some guys that can catch the ball out of the backfield. But, you know, a guy like Zay Flowers can be explosive. Not only can he help you in a special teams game, but also being able to, you know, play play the middle of the field, uh, be an absolute problem. But I think they can end up getting him and maybe some of those, uh, you know, with the later pick that they have in the draft around uh, 30, if I'm not mistaken, number 31. So, um, but Brian Branch is a need that they need right now, a guy that could come in and contribute right away and, and give you exactly what you need at the safety position. But that's my top 10. Um, that's my top 10. That's why I feel like uh, the teams are going to do. Um, once again, my, my question mark is Will Levis and Anthony Richardson. Um, I'm pretty confident about uh, where some of these guys are, uh, especially when it comes to Chicago Bears and, um, and the Arizona Cardinals with Will Anderson. Uh, but the quarterback position, not too sure about. I, I can see Will Levis moving out of the top 10. Um, I can see a guy like Hendon Hooker 
uh, getting drafted much earlier than some of the draft boards actually anticipate him going. Uh, I, I can see a lot of, you know, change up and a lot of shock uh, coming in this year's NFL draft, but I'm excited to see what, what's going to happen. going to read a few more of your comments and then we're going to go ahead and uh, gonna go ahead and get up out of here. Uh, let's see. Um, let's go ahead and go Slim South. Uh, TJ, uh, you got four quarterbacks in the top 10. That might actually happen. Yeah, I mean, look, you, you got some teams that need quarterbacks, right? The Houston Texans, they need a franchise quarterback, even though, you know, some people might like Davis Mills. They still need a, they need a franchise quarterback. Carolina needs a franchise quarterback, right? Um, uh, Indianapolis need a franchise quarterback, and, and so does the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, it, it depends on if you're in love with the guy, how committed you are to the guy. Are you going to select him? Once again, Will Levis to me with the social media antics isn't doing himself any favors and also you know will teams fall in love with the possibility of anthony richardson because that is what's going to get anthony richardson drafted this year it's not so much about his what he did in college but the possibility of what he can be as a professional football player so if everything works out then yeah you will see four quarterbacks fall but if teams aren't really that in love with some of these guys, then you might not see it. I, I can see Will Levis possibly going to the Tennessee Titans, even though I feel like the T Tennessee Titans should get a guy like Paris Johnson to tackle out Ohio State. But if Will Levis falls to you, you're not you're not sold on Tannehill. You're not sold on Malik Willis. If you're not sold on those guys, then you might as well try to draft a guy that you feel like could be that quarterback of your future. And if Will Levis falls out of the top 10, he might fall into the hands of the Tennessee Titans. And, and what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Are, are you going to, are you still going to go with a, with a left tackle, get a guy like Paris Johnson? Or if Will Levis sitting right there in front of you and you're not confident about Malik Willis and you're not confident about Tannehill, will you pull the trigger and select him? Right. Or even with Anthony Richardson, right. Um, you know, if Anthony Richardson falls out of the top 10, you know, and, and you're the Tennessee Titans, will you get him? Right. So it's not a guarantee, even though some some draft boards are you will say that four quarterbacks are going to go in the first round. I'm not too sure. Uh, let's see. Your top 10 is pretty decent, TJ. We appreciate your thoughts and et cetera, uh, as well as the family who gave their who called uh, to who put uh, theirs in the chat. Well, look, I, I think that I think there's look, I think it's a decent mock draft. I'm I'm if you're asking me to do percentages, I'm probably like 90 percent sure about it. Confident. Once again, I, I'm not too sure about some of those guys and where they're going to actually go. I, I just know that some of these teams, they look, they if they want to be committed to some of these players, they want to make sure that they got making the right decision. Uh, would you be surprised if Levin's goals number two? Honestly, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes number two because I understand what a team sees in him when it comes to his talent and his ability and the possibilities of him being a franchise quarterback. But once again, the sophomore, the sophomoreish antics of Will Levis kind of just makes me wonder, is he the right guy? And you better be, you definitely got to be sure if you're the right guy. Uh, finally, we don't see the Jets and the Jags in the top 10. Well, 
that's a testament to where they actually are going. And, um, you know, I'm pretty sure that their fan base is extremely happy and feel and feeling the same way as you do. Uh, but I want to say thank you all for checking out uh, the Gumbo Pie Sports Podcast. Uh, Shouts out to the State of Saints Podcast, uh, you know, faithful uh, that, that that came, uh, that, that supported. Shouts out to everybody that commented uh, here on the show. Uh, and I ask that you hit the subscription button if you have not already. Hit the like button you enjoyed it we're going to continue to have content like this uh going forward i don't know if some of you actually came in a little bit late but you know we're going to continue to be de- focusing on the entire nfl uh i mean we've grown like we, we've been doing this this is going into our sixth season uh you know working and talking about the you know the, the nfl the, you know the new orleans saints mostly and uh you know we we've, we've reached a point where we're branching out and we're we're going to be talking a little bit more about the entire NFL. We're not neglecting the New Orleans Saints. We're still going to be loving New Orleans Saints, talking about a post-game, pre-games, and what have you. But we're going to really talk about the NFL as well. And, you know, hopefully everybody enjoy it. You know, hope everybody in, in, enjoys it. Comes, You know, it's the same format. Uh, you got something to say, you know, in, pertaining to the NFL, feel free to comment. It's, it's going to be the same thing. We just want to make sure that we just open up uh to more of you know more of an audience and uh you know be able to grow the show right and um you know continue to have fun and you know and do the same thing we've been doing uh you can follow me on twitter at tjay jones 8 uh facebook.com uh you can search the gumbo pie sports podcast and uh previous episodes they are available on apple podcast spotify iHeartRadio, and anchor fm and I do apologize. I know normally I'm on camera, um, but I'm actually in uh, Tuskegee, Alabama. I'm at my mother-in-law's house um, right now. And, uh, you know, um, <laughs> the reason why I'm not on camera right now. But hopefully everybody enjoyed it. I hope I, I brought the same level of energy uh, than I did when you actually see me on camera. And uh, next time, you know, I, I hope that, you know, more than likely I will be on camera so we can <laughs> have the show like we, we normally would. But thank you to everybody that's here. Shouts out to everybody that's new. Shouts out to everybody that's been a day one. Really do appreciate your time. Till next time, I'll see you down the road.